You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. Man, Oniro Trello. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a very, very sad edition of Gate 7 International. By the fans, for the fans, in the highs and the lows, and today is definitely one of the lows. Stephen, how are you doing, buddy? Well, Ari, I was excited to come on to the pod before the game, and I'm still happy to be here with you. And, you know, <laughs> it's football at the end of the day. We have to suffer through the losses and revel in the wins. And sadly, this is this is us suffering right now. We have to suffer from yeah. what we just saw. Yeah, man. It's uh, what do they say? You can't have the highs without the lows, right? So this is oh, yeah. one of the lows. But, you know, at the there is a silver lining and we'll get to that uh, in a couple minutes. But real quick, guys, if you haven't done so already, please don't forget to like and subscribe uh, on all of our social media and YouTube as well. The community continues to grow. We get more and more fans that we're connecting around the world. So please don't forget to do that before we get any further. Go ahead, get your buddies in here, get the conversation starting with us and help us continue to make it happen. Now, Stephen, just, you know what? Uh, normally, we kind of start with how did you look at the lineups? Just forget that. What is the reaction? How do you feel right now? What is the um, reaction to this game? Well, I mean, the short answer is disappointed, quite frankly, because we all knew that going to... Frankfurt away was going to be probably the toughest game of the group, barring Fenerbahce away before that game commenced as well. Um, I expected us to at least push for a draw, even if that some people may have seen that as unrealistic, but I did it based on what I'd seen in Frankfurt throughout the season, which was inconsistent at best. Um, but they have also shown that they are capable of playing above their level, which is what they did against Bayern before the international break. Um and we played below our level this evening, you know, regardless of how they were set up, what the manager did tactically, um, who was brought on, just and nothing seemed to work. You know, everything seemed to go in our way against Fenerbahce, but everything seemed to just go against us. Nothing seemed to be working. Everything we tried was just forlorn. And then we got absolutely outplayed at times by by Frankfurt, who were most, especially in the second half, were all over us, all over yeah. us. In the I was half. about to say, at times, besides yeah. maybe the first 10 mm. minutes of the game, we were outplayed mm. for pretty much the rest of the game. Yeah, I, I'd say like the first 15 minutes, it was fairly even. Like, yeah. you know, we both got, it was fairly end to end. We had a, both had a couple of shots each, um, and both teams threatened. And then from that point on, Frankfurt started to pressure, and that's when. The, the the penalty the penalty happened and of course it was it had to be Cisse it had to be Cisse man like and you know the thing is I upon looking at the replay you can completely disagree with me I thought it was a harsh penalty because he had already fallen down and then the player yeah. fell on top of it, him I, so like I agree I, with that I don't personally think that that was a fair penalty to be given but nonetheless it was given 
Um, and it was a well-taken penalty. Um, and yeah, it, from there, we saw the equaliser, which amazingly, we got a penalty immediately afterwards. I didn't expect that. I was I was uh, shocked, but happy. I didn't either. El Arabi, yeah. good penalty. Um, and if uh, if we'd gone into halftime at 1-1, I think we maybe we would have stuck to our game plan and maybe some we would have seen a better performance in the second half. But then the killer, the goal just before halftime, what happened to the defence, man? Like, where were they? They just allowed like them to pass the ball around in front of them in the box. And then, and then whoever it was, I think it was, was it? Yeah, it was Torre. Yeah. Just, just before the break and that killed it that killed the game for us no it it really did and as far as what happened look there was a couple of things you brought up the press right mm. and uh the they were they were playing you know they did have guys especially the for, the the forwards were sitting uh the forward in there because they were playing a three four two one so they were playing like one of those weird christmas trees and they're two yeah, inside right, winger yeah they were they ever those guys were staying yeah. forward and they were they were they were pressing on our guys and then they did a good job of crowding the the midfield out and then the problem was we did ourselves no favors because we're getting the ball and, and trying to play out the back and i don't see a midfielder moving into space to receive the ball and our poor defenders are just getting snuffed and the Cisse had a couple of howlers today, yeah, you know. Okay, cool. the penalty was kind of harsh. Uh, I'll admit that because he fell down. But look, by the book, that's a penalty. It's yeah. regardless of intent, that's a penalty. He did impede the progress. And this is a, just another instance. Look, this is a tale as old as time for us with Cisse. One mm -hmm. of like one of his clumsy mistakes. Usually, it's him sticking a foot out where it doesn't belong. In this case, it was him sticking a foot out, losing losing balance, and then causing it. So it's always the case with him. He never did this in France. Funny enough, he didn't do this in the in the second half of his loan spell with France in um at, for Saint at the end, which is odd. But whatever, I digress. But th that was a huge problem. The midfield. Besides not supporting the defense to play up, it also wasn't maintaining possession well. That has to be said. It wasn't. Not to the level that we usually expect. Yeah. Our passing really came back to haunt us. Because we it even really Fener, even against Fenerbahce, you could see that there were certain passes that just weren't connecting to where yeah. they were meant to go. And and in this they they actually Frankfurt actually took advantage of that. And they 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 kept punishing us every time we lost the ball, which was very frequently. And, what really irritated me, especially in the second half, was we were playing long ball tactics at the time, and every time we tried to hoof the ball up to and advance over the pitch, there would always be a Frankfurt defender there just to head it away. It was just easy for them. It was so easy. That's why we didn't. Yeah. I don't think we have an, We did. I don't know if we had a shot on target in the second half. I don't think we did. But like, no, we did not. We did not. We, no. we had none. Yeah, it was there bad. Was just nothing. There was just no. And like you said, there like there was no connection between the defense and the midfield. But then. Even worse, so there was no connection between the midfield and the attack. So not, everything was so disjointed. The team was just a bunch of guys running around against a team that was organized and knew what they were doing and knew their game plan. And, yep. and I said to you before we started recording, even though I didn't, I wasn't opposed to the four-three-three because we have looked okay in that previously. Why didn't we play the formation we played against Fenerbahce when we knew we had to soak up the pressure against them? Yep. And then counter and punish them because they did what we said they did essentially what we did to Fenerbahce to us, except they did it with a more attacking formation. 
Yeah, I, look, I mean, comments comments are starting to roll in here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to go through a couple of things. Uh, a lot of comments are picking out a couple of different players. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Thanos Case here, Lala and Cisse for trash tonight. Uh, Fethanos, uh, Agibum Bukalaki's disaster classes didn't really help. Uh, and then mm-hmm. from, from EL or Epsilon Lambda, Poor defense from Cisse, Lala, and Rebchuk. Midfield Buka likes and Vila disappointed me a lot. Yeah, there was no good part of this team. It has to be said. There was no yeah. really good part of yeah, this team. I mean, and you can pick out the individuals. Like there were individuals who played particularly badly, but then the whole the whole team didn't support each other. And that's no. where like that's when I even said in the chat, everyone was bad. Everyone yeah. was rubbish. Even when people rightfully called out certain players in the chat and they were saying, Oh, this person was bad. This yeah, of course they were bad. The whole team was awful. There wasn't a player on there that I could say had like a really, really good game. And you know, I think I think the stuff with with um with Aggie Boo is it's it's correct, but at the same time, that's where his in- I said it in the chat as well. That's where his inexperience showed. He was right. He, was, he looked lost at times, I think. And then our substitutes were just didn't impact the game at all like they should have. They were, you know, <laughs> nothing worked. Yep, uh, we have another comment. T.S. Bangawa, give Henry the coat. Roman Smirnidis, can someone make a stat of Lala passing today? I think he had something like 50%, not even joking. Roman, trust me, that's the first one I'm looking for because he had a shocker today too, He, which is a shame because he actually had some decent movement uh, overall, but the passing was just super poor. Uh, from Pet Sag, mid wasn't so good, defense was bad, except yeah. the great Socrates. The only, to be fair, the only two players I can give some credit to is Socrates and probably and Vashlik. Vashlik as well yeah. because Vashlik couldn't he, the, the goal that the third goal that we conceded was not his fault his defense did not cover him they allowed them to run into the space and he was in no man's land made the good save but then the rebound intra, inst- instantly yeah. But none of the goals. I'm not going to blame any of the goals on him. First of all, first he had so many great saves today. And from Feth, I know, yeah, buddy, my cousin had a great game. Socrates (laughs) played a great game. Uh, That joke keeps carrying over. I love that. But yeah, so you can literally blame the the first two goals. Or sorry, the first and third goal, goal specifically, you can blame on Cissé. Cissé was... Uh, the third goal, he just was watching. Look, it is elementary. You are all ta- you're always taught that you always play through the ball until your keeper gets it because you need to watch those rebounds. And Cisse just sat back because he assumed Vojtek was going to catch it. He didn't. And there was a rebound and no one was there around it. And then the second goal, you can put the second goal a little bit on Rebchuk. But everyone, the, the, the whole defensive line, including Socrates, they just stood there. Yeah. They just stood they there because static. even the players, even the player, there were there were three Frankfurt players crashing the goal after that, and they all just stood there and watched. So I'm not, even though I think Socrates probably played less shitty than the rest, everybody, nobody played, nobody had a good game except, even though we ate three goals, except Vachlik. Vachlik had some great saves. Yeah. And I'm not putting um, any of that. Uh, some substitute appearances. You know, uh, I mean, we can get into that in a in a in a few minutes mm, about more like up, tactics. I can't, I can't but, remember who came on. But uh, <laughs> Roni, yeah, Roni Lopez came on. Yeah, Onyakuru yeah. came <laughs> on. But you, I, my one of my problems with this game was, look, going in and the first half, it was dreadful, and that a halftime sub needed to happen. First of all, yeah. Bukalakis probably had a bad game because he was exhausted. He just looked dead. He honestly looked at, and he stayed on the field. He never, he almost never came off. 
Are you kidding me? This guy has played nonstop. This isn't healthy. This isn't healthy for us or him, for him to be playing this many minutes. And I get, I get, like, I trust me, I have defended Bukalakis more than probably anybody else. And I understand what he is to this team and the role he plays and how uh, integral he is. But the problem, the problem is he can't, you can't sustain those performances if you play every goddamn game, both for the national team and the club. He needed a rest or he probably shouldn't have played against Yanina. That, that's probably what should have happened. Yeah. Even in Vila, even Vila <clears throat> looked great for about 10 minutes. And then just the rest of the game, I didn't see much out of him. Madi struggled too. Uh, I don't know if it was maybe it maybe it could have been because he's been playing nonstop with international break too. Maybe he was tired. I mean, the I I wasn't I I was worried. I was worried. And more on your point with the formation. Why why are we doing the four three three now? Now I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, it was a four two three one. But I'm sorry, the way the game flow was, Madi mm-hmm. wasn't staying further yeah. up all the time. No, no, he no. Was I, and back. I didn't think that's what it would be because it was I know box that's, box. that's that's what the club presented as the formation on the on their social media accounts and such. And I and I looked at that and I was like, yeah, Maddie's not playing number ten. There's no way he's playing number. But he is. It is. He was there as a number eight, despite the fact they put it as a four-two-three-one. It was a four-three-three, and like even with the third goal, I was going to say going back to that quickly. Even if you have a third man in defense, like even if Bar is there, you have more cover. And I would rather have seen Bar play as the third defender than have Bukalagis there in the as the third man in midfield because at least then you could play a, a formation that would allow us to actually counterattack and actually maybe create some more meaningful chances overall. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not saying Bar solves everything because Bar can have his moments as well, but yep. I just think rotation from the previous game was key to why we failed again this evening. Well, I also think part of the problem is we are still playing out of the back as if Semedo is there. And I'm sorry, guys. So Kratis and and Cisse don't have the ball playing ability that Semedo did. If Semedo is in that back line, I think things are different. He's a little bit better with the ball at his feet. He can distribute under pressure better. So part that is also part of the problem. I also see chat is uh, a little seems to be a little bit uppity about. Uh, Roni Lopez, uh, pet sag. What about Roni's solo? That could have been an assist to Kunde, Fethanos. Roni had the only successful dribble in the whole game. Uh, yeah, nice moment. I'll give it was that. a it yeah. was a nice moment. But outside of that, <clears throat> outside of that, did did Roni seem like he was doing anything for you? And this is part of the problem we have with him right now as a player. Is that the the player that we saw coming in? This player that could move and and switch direction now. I guess it wouldn't be fair for me to put that on him that he had a bad game because the team was just playing shit. And when the team's yeah. playing shit, right, there's only so but much you can it's do. It's the same with Takina as well. Takina came on and he he didn't have anything he could physically do. Yeah. So I I can't put it on him. Like he, he came right. On, he came on. Literally, there was no nobody fed the ball to him. So exactly. So I don't I don't want to put this game too much. You know, well, first of all, I think the sub we should have had at least one sub at halftime. No, there I should agree. have been one. And for me, it was Kunde. Kunde should have come on. Kunde should have come on in the midfield, even though maybe he didn't play the best, but he still was, he was all over the place. He was running up and down. He had a couple of misplaced passes, but he was the energy we needed. He was productive. Exactly. And and then it would have been Tiquinho after that because El Arabi is just, he is a good holdup player, but I think we're finally starting to see the, the downturn 
I don't, I don't want to say for sure because I still believe he has class, and I still think Elorabi more often than not will come good. But it was, it was just there was no good part of this. Like the fullbacks weren't doing well, the you know the midfield wasn't doing well. Our forwards, you know, El Arabi, oh my God, in the first half, he should have played that ball earlier to Masuras making the run, but he holds oh, it. Frustrating me he so holds much. it. I don't know how, I don't know how uh, he, because it, it's like he, he should have just dinked it over the last defender to Masuras. I and mean, instead he tries the low cross. It's like when, um, didn't Masuras do the exact same thing? He did. It, he at, did. Against PSV. Yep. I think it was PSV. He did the exact yep. same thing. So now the roles are reversed and El Arabi, oh man, because because it, it would change the game completely if we had scored that completely. Oh yep. man. Yeah, yeah. It, it really, it really did. And like, if he, I was yelling, I was yelling, yelling, yelling at my phone. Uh, and, and I'm just saying like, pass it now, pass it now before the defender gets back, give him, just play the ball, play the ball through. He's open. And then, he waits, waits, waits till he gets there. And then the second defender comes to cut the lane off and the other one's already there. And then, and then nothing, I mean, should have played at first time. And, but this, this is one of the things with El Arabi is not just this season. We saw it a little bit at the end of last season too, is he's taking too long. He's holding the ball too long. And it's now becoming to our detriment on many occasions. I, I know I said in the pre-match, uh, or sorry, not the pre-match, the the match, uh, the post-match for Yanina, that you couldn't, it was dealer's choice, right? You could have started El Arabi, you could have started Tequino, because El Arabi scored, maybe you roll with that, or you could have started Tequino. And I still think that's fair. Starting El Arabi wasn't a bad thing, but the second you saw that the pressure was going against us and we needed a presence to help disrupt their possession, Tiquinho has to come on. Yeah, And he came on so late. <clears throat> the changes are coming too late. And this is one of those constant, constant critiques we have of Martins, whereas he's making his changes so late. This is back to first year Pedro Martins again. He's just making them so late. And by that time... By that time, you're you're already screwed. Uh, another comment coming in from Dimitris Elinadis. Uh, bad day in the office. No fullbacks again. Need to rally soon before Pauk. Uh, extra time. First first half goal killed the yeah. match for me. Not yeah, I think time. most of us saw that. Like you just felt going into the. It was just a, and even the announcer said it. Or at least the announcer on Paramount Plus. He had the same thing. He's like, well, there's a different. This is a different. Uh, there's different momentum now going into that. Oh, completely. If right. we'd gone in half time with the score level, it would have been completely different. Yeah. And uh, now there's a comment in here I want to touch on because <clears throat> um, kind of going back to our ball playing ability from the back with our center backs. Um, Fetano says, it's a shame that we don't have a player like Markovic in our team. And this is a shame with Semedo out for various reasons and mm. coming back in supposedly coming back in some capacity yeah we need that, a ball maybe exactly we need a ball playing center back somebody that will help us in these situations somebody that 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 can maintain composure under a, under a high pressure situation like this and somebody that can maybe make something from nothing if the midfield isn't moving and that's markovich guys we saw it over the summer and I don't understand how he just all of a sudden has no place in the squad. Mm. Uh, uh, is he so even it was, in the European squad? I think he is, isn't he? He he, he was in the list. He's yeah. in the, you know what I mean? But we haven't been seeing him show up. And I know that in Greece, at least, there was some discussion about, 
Uh, and it's not clear for me, at least there's been discussion about whether or not he qualifies as an EU passport or something, because I, I don't know. I'm not, yeah, I'm not the most about familiar. that. It's, I, I'm not familiar either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, we can get more information about that, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely, it, it's, it, we could have used him. I think we could have definitely used yeah, him as another, respect. as another alternative, I think so. Certainly. But he, at the he... same time, it's not like we're going to blood a new guy in Europa League. Although, although, like, of, of all the Europa League games to play, this was probably, like, the lowest pressure situation, right? We already have six points. We weren't expecting. And I guess this is kind of where, like, the silver lining comes in, right? So, because, there, you know, when we first, when the groups were, the, the groups, the groups were first drawn, we looked at the fixture, uh, we looked at the fixture against Turkey in Turkey and we looked at this fixture and we said hey we're not really expecting points here maybe we can get a point here or a point yeah. here so we got 3 in Turkey as far as i'm concerned of the two games the fact that we got 3 points from two games away that we didn't expect that's that's okay you know what i mean for me it's not the end of the world now no. some some fans like you know uh my co-host labro and the other labros of the world are upset that we played very bad which is one thing hmm. but in the grand scheme of things this was an away fixture. You know, for me, Greek teams don't match up well against German teams. I wasn't expecting nope. much out of this game. Well, I, yeah, I saw us. I, I, I looked at the all of the teams that we've ever played in German teams. We have a 33% win rate against German yeah. clubs. And yes, that'll be that's low right. because we've lost. We've looked so yeah. low now. So now a lot of that is, of course, from Bayern because we played. Yeah, because we've been absolutely slapped by Bayern in the past. But (laughs) but the difference was when we last played Bayern at home, and it was at home, we lost that game. But it was we were frustrated because we could have got more from that game potentially, and we looked good. Whereas this game is frustrating because not only did we lose, we lost badly. Like, and it's not great to see us. And I think we'd be more forgiving if we played well and it just it was just one of those nights where it didn't work out and we lost uh, but we but like there were still things to kind of take from that game we're like oh wow like we had moments but there yeah. were not a lot of those moments in this game and that's worrying going into the game against balk and then i still think in the return leg we can do something because frankfurt did show that they are not like a perfect team that they can be got oh at. yeah they're nothing special and i understood <clears throat> what uh, when I did the preview with Brian from the mm. Hey Eintracht Frankfurt podcast, I saw what he was talking about. I wasn't super impressed. We made them look better than they did. And he was right. He talked about how right now most of their offense flows through Kostic. And you saw that. He yeah, did he, he had free everything. Reign. He was yeah. all over the place. And, you know, the players that we let take advantage of us, it wasn't out of pure class. It was our dumb mistakes. Uh, so yeah, uh, I mean, there's a couple of other comments here. Uh, uh, something that we actually forgot to bring up, which needs to be brought up is that Cissé is suspended NQL game. Thank you, okay. TS Bengoa for bringing that up. Um, this one right here, um, this is bothering me every week, every match we see him play. Gidiakos one, two, three. Onyakuru is very bad in the last games. Not just very bad in the last games. He just hasn't been good since he's come here and we've we kind of discussed this on i think it was post-match against yanina how he's a he's a player that is in terms of his shape and his tactical understanding he seems up there he's usually in the right places it's just he's not good he's not doing anything for us with the ball at his feet 
Um, he, he, his passing has not been great. I, I worry that this is a 5 million euro signing and this guy's probably on loan somewhere in December. That's, that's kind of how it's looking. We'll He's just it not depends where we are in the league and where we are in Europe. Cause Marinakis will, you know what he's like. If anything yeah. goes wrong, he knows who to target. He knows mm-hmm. he's going to be going out. And I'm, I'm worrying about Lopez as well. He's not been getting, I've I always stand by. He's not getting a lot of game time. No, to, like, he, really I think he, himself. exactly. And I think he needs a little bit more of a yeah. sample for us to assess. But like they are two people that I'm starting to get concerned about now because yeah. Onyekuru has been given a lot more ample time than Lopez has. And Onyekuru is so he's even just as frustrating as Lopez for, and for the same reason. He you can see he has the ability, the technical ability. Yep. But he just doesn't do anything. He he just yep. how can you not do anything with your natural ability and not like translate that into working hard? Because it's like the opposite of Masuras. Masuras doesn't have the technical ability, but he has the work rate. And then he worked on what he had, and that, that's how he's improved. And obviously, Masuras didn't play that great today, but we've we've established already no one did. But Masuras, mm-hmm. for me, is that's why I prefer players like him. Because even if he's not as naturally gifted as a player like Onyekuro or Lopez, he Masuras will work to get better. Yeah, and it's just no. You are you you are one hundred percent correct. Now the difference for me between the Roni Lopez issue and then the Onyekuro issue is Roni Lopez is a little bit less 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 risk right he was alone came in we don't we're not super tied into him with no. money we might have Sevilla breathing down our backs for playing time but who cares but we have five million or four and a half million depending on who you believe that yeah. we put on him and <clears throat> what the hell is that about and we're what exactly what I saw and what concerned me in the deep dive we're seeing now only the worst part is the areas that he actually showed that he could contribute. He's not contributing in. And if he's not doing yeah. that, then he's not worth anything to us. And this is a, a huge, huge, huge problem. Um, now to segue into our next thing, Steven, there's a really good comment here um, that I wanted to address from Dimitris Kravaris. Uh, it's a shame how our mentality has changed over the years. After Podence was sold, our team has been steadily declining. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, the mentality, I think, has definitely changed because this team, <clears throat> first and second year under Pedro Martins, it they never gave up, and it didn't. I didn't care how bad we were losing because I always mm. felt like we were in it. You know what I mean? The in the second year, especially, we were going at teams, we were going at Tottenham, we were going at Bayern Munich, and it didn't matter. We want to go down. We want to go too. We didn't. They, we were going at it. Third third season, last season. Uh, I still think our fight was there, but the quality, the quality of the play, maybe wasn't quite as good. But I still think that we we showed up for games and and games like this, we grinded it out and we did things even though we looked poor. Uh, even like the Porto games, it was unfortunate. But you know what? You never thought we lacked effort, but. This season so far, it's been a quite a few games. The Champions League qualifiers, Antwerp. I mean, this game was almost a carbon copy of Antwerp. Only the difference with Antwerp is we got lucky and we won. Mm. So what do you think about the second part, though, about Podence? Um, I think we team- were, I mean, on that, because you've, you've perfectly reiterated like the transition of Martins' time at the club and how we've been over that time and i completely agree with you with podence we were lucky to even get him i mean if yeah. you think if if he if none of that stuff had happened at sporting and he hadn't 
you know, at the time cancelled his contract or whatever, we wouldn't have got him on a free transfer. He would have been worth at least seven mil. And then we would have had to pay that money, which Marinakis would never have had to pay. The only reason he paid that money is because he was already at the club and there was a and the court case um that obviously ensued afterwards meant that he had to pay the fee. And he was put and that's also probably what initiated the the reason why he got sold as well, because suddenly I had to pay seven mil for a player. Um so yeah, I mean while Pedence it took us to another level. We we were so lucky to get a player of his quality at our club at right. the time for nothing. You to get a player on a free transfer at the time of his, you know, potential and quality, you know, is for, at, at, at Greek Super League level. I know Olympiagos, obviously, we to a certain extent we are a, a level above, but it, even then, like for a Greek club to get a player like him is mental. And then no, obviously, yeah. as I said, we had to pay seven mil for him, and that's because yep. he was already part of the club. Yep. Yeah, you're you're one hundred percent correct, and we haven't and we haven't replaced him with a winger like a quality winger but like can that. we though, Ari? Can we replace a player of his quality without splashing out seven mil? That's why I'm wondering. Yes, yes. The answer there's two answers that already exist within Greece for me: Zuber and Zivkovic. That well, the problem is the profile of winger that we seem to look at and we seem to scope. And this is something that Martial brings up in our group chat repeatedly. Look at the profile of winger that we keep looking at all the time. Henry Onyekuru, Gary Rodriguez. Uh, I'm forgetting the name of the other one. There was another there was another winger um before Onyekuru that we were linked with, and I'm forgetting his name. Is that Argentine player? We, there was one there was that Argentine player who was at Boca, I think. Yeah. Whoever it was, whoever it was, but but, but you have those guys and let's not forget who I got the season before Levi Garcia. Ike has found in two straight summer mercados, two straight summer windows, two solid wingers. Balk found Zivkovic. And of course they had Solis before that from, you know, from their academy. But why can't we, why can't we get these wingers? You know what I mean? What is wrong? It's the, the profile of winger we seem to look at is just it's just not game changing and it, we we can replace there are players out there are you going to tell me that levi garcia wasn't in our budget no if what we're hearing was correct he wasn't he wasn't of interest to martins and zuber are you telling me we couldn't have gotten See, that, zuber that is where i do agree the we, how we didn't go for stefan zuber after he, how how after how well he did the euros and then how he wanted to leave apparently from frankfurt because he wasn't getting first team game time and he goes to Ike and we, we could so easily have got him for sure. Exactly. For sure. That's a good, I, 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 I think you've, you've made a fair argument there. You know, that maybe it's, maybe it's the price tag that overwhelmed me in terms of like getting a player of that level. Cause sometimes of that level, you need to get pay the money. But then like you said, there are players that we could have got who are better than on who we could have got for less. So, yeah. Now, um, there was a, a quick question here. I think it was a penalty. Here we go. From Yorgos Ganas. How it wasn't a penalty on Oleg? He clearly kicked him in the face. Yeah, I saw that. That was unlucky. Uh, yeah, I, I could have seen. There are refs that would call that a penalty, but you have to remember, <clears throat> guys, the, the rule with penalties is there's three aspects of a penalty now, and I'm summarizing based on the 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 poorly worded English translation of what I had heard in another another podcast. Uh, then the way this ref described it was: there's three there's three parts of a penalty, right? There is result, 
intent and action. So first, what was the intent? What was the individual intending to play the ball? Okay. Uh, that is not the only part. And sometimes it doesn't matter whether you intend to play the ball or not. It doesn't matter. Right. But it's just, is, was their intent to play the ball? In this case, the ref thought that the intention was to play the ball. Second, what was the result? What, or what would the result have been? Would the result have been him getting the ball and scoring a goal? And in this case, from what the from what the discussion was by the announcer that I had, no, there it, it probably wasn't going to result in a goal. And then the third part was the action itself. So did you know? Obviously, did Ole get seriously hurt? And I mean, he got kicked in the face, but the player was doing the natural motion, and Oleg happened to have. Um, Oleg happened to be going down. So that's why that wasn't a call to penalty. Not saying I agree with it. I'm just pointing out what the 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 metrics or what the guidelines are for calling a penalty. So it probably could have gone 50-50 depending on who the uh the ref you had was. Now, going back to our winger discussion, um a couple of the guys in chat are bringing up targets that we were linked with that we didn't uh proceed with. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm interested to hear them because I'm there's a fair few T.S. Bangawa brought up, we should have signed Hota from Benfica. He's playing where for Celtic. He is. Mm -hmm. And this is one that wouldn't have cost us an arm and a leg, but we didn't put nope. the money out. But uh, you know what I mean? We we had a similar issue with the wingbacks too, remember, um, that put us in the position we were in. Uh, Dimitris Kravaris is bringing up Pavon. Pavon that's now, it. Yeah, yeah. That's now, it. Pavon, guys, had a little bit more. Yeah, he, he, had, he had issues. He's got legal issues going on. And... and we've already got enough of that at the club right now. Yeah, so there was a little bit more going on. Plus, his price tag was, uh, was higher than what yeah. we were willing to spend in general. Um, uh, now, I do think uh, Gary Rodriguez is going he looks like he could turn for us uh i mean he's got the speed the directness and at least for greece i think he's going to do something uh i if you guys remember from the deep dive that i did um he i didn't like what i saw in saudi arabia but i think he took some liberties and that's why i but he played i thought great in turkey and i thought he could do something for us but my problem is we that's the profile strike a winger we keep seeing to go for. Onyakuru, Gary Rodriguez are not too dissimilar. Gary Rodriguez just looked a little bit sharper. And yeah, it's a, if we had signed a guy, uh, Roman Smirny, this is already on top of this. Uh, Fethanos is right about Levi Garcia. If you remember, we were about to get him. He ended up in Ike and we saw what yeah. that he is exactly. Yeah, and this is the problem. The, the profile wingers that we do need, we seem to be passing on for a different profile. I can't tell you why that is. I can't tell you if we hear that maybe Martins passes on certain players and that he has the final say, you know, so I don't know if it's him passing. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if, if it's somebody, if there's, if there's something else that we're looking at, or if it's just the people, the terms for us aren't as good. I don't know what it is, but this just has been what's been going on. And it's frustrating. And we saw today, look, look what happens when you don't have a winger that can create something from nothing. Look what happens when you don't have a center back that can that we rely on to play the ball at the back, especially when the midfield isn't there. Look what happens when we don't properly rotate the midfield. This is what we get. It sucks. It sucks. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but it's it's frustrating. No, I, I agree with everything you say. I mean, there's not much more to say from, from that, to be honest, Ari. Like... <sighs> The, the rotation has been an issue and you know um 
Martinez has has clearly has the players that he trusts, and I think at times you do need to take that risk and give your trust to other people who may not have proved themselves fully. Kunde, I think, has proved himself fully, and I think he should have started. Um, and I would have liked to have seen other players given an opportunity as well. But maybe he saw this as too high risk a game to do that. But yeah, who who knows? Who knows? Only Martins knows, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. Now, uh, before we go into man of the match and coaches grade, uh, I just wanted to give a quick overview of the table for everybody that isn't aware. So because of the result of this game, Frankfurt is now sitting at top of our group. Uh, we're in Group D. They're now with seven points. They have uh, two wins and a draw, uh, sitting at seven points with a goal differential of three. We're on six points with two wins and a loss with a goal differential of two. Then underneath of us, Fenerbahce ended up tying today. They were up two to one. Uh, Antwerp got the leveler. So they're sitting at two points. That's good for uh, us, for sure. Which is good for us. Like still, We still have a cushion at least for second place. Yeah. And Antwerp is sitting on one point with a goal differential of negative two. I forgot to mention Fenerbahce is on a negative three goal differential. So this is – we're st- guys, we're in an okay – this is why I'm not super upset today. I'm relatively calm. I wasn't expecting points from this game anyway. I was hoping for a draw if I, you know, if things mm-hmm. went well. That didn't change even with the negativity coming from <laughs> Brian on from the Hey Eintracht Frankfurt guys. He, I mean, he made Eintracht sound terrible. Uh, but uh, you know what? I wasn't expecting it. Now, where do we go from here? We play Frankfurt now in Kadiskaiki in Greece. Now that game, we can't see this shit. This needs to be us. We have to show up and take it to them, and we need to win that game. We win that game. We're we're in the driver's seat for first place, plain and simple. And it's what we need as well, Ari, because as, as as we've kind of said before, it's so important to get to the round of 16 and not have to play that round of 32 tie against the Champions League side, especially when you're looking at what Champions League sides might drop out of the Champions League this season. You know, we could get a really unlucky draw, like how we've been getting the last few seasons. Um, yeah. In like the last, in the middle stages of the Europa League, and we to get to go to the round of sixteen instantly would be such a boost because then that could theoretically propel us to go further and reach that quarterfinal spot minimum that we all hope for and want and think this team is capable of doing and what the manager is capable of take it doing with this team. Um, so. It's still a second, sorry, first place is still attainable. And, you know, and we've had, I've had people on social media saying to me, you know, as well as you expressing the same thing as you, it's not the end of the world. We can still do it. And, you know, I'm confident that we can, we can still potentially beat them at home because obviously we'll have the fan full, full Gariskaki stadium behind us. Hopefully we'll see a better performance than what we've seen today. uh, today. And if, if that isn't the case, then we still have, two more opportunities against Fenerbahce and Antwerp, but we want the pressure to be off us in that aspect. Because if we go in those two games with the pressure on us, we might even play (laughs) worse than what we've seen. And that would be an achievement in itself. Yep. And uh, leaving us a comment live from the action, Costa, uh, Costa Levoyanis, he says, guys, we did zero today, no fresh legs, tired players. Martin still stuck with ideas that don't work. We must win on Sunday now. No excuses. Uh, Lambro and Costa were at the game today, guys. Uh, they did some live videos. They sent a bunch of pictures that they put up on uh, social media so that you guys could see. Uh, it's a shame that they went and this is what they got to see. 
um uh Costa, i hope you guys still had a good time at least while you were there i'm sorry for the result uh, but yeah no he's he's right look going we have a big derby game on sunday and if the excuse for today was that the game we're worried about the derby and first place battle on sunday then we better freaking win on sunday yeah because home, that's unacceptable at, and we don't even have crowd we don't even have crowd on sunday yep sadly. yep you're absolutely right well steven it's time to make that move the move to the next segment Man of the match and coach is great. It always sucks doing this after a loss. Yeah. Uh, hit me. Hit me. Who was your man of the match if you had to give one? And uh, give me your coach's grade for Martins. Um, I'm going to give man of the match to Lambro and Gustav for turning up. Because <laughs> 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 I feel sorry for them more than anyone else because they were in the ground now. Um, Player-wise, I, 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 you know, I've, I think I made it fairly clear. Uh, for me, it's Vashlik because he... Did some, made some great saves today. Couldn't help the fact that we conceded because it was his, his defense that we let him down. Um, and for Martins, he, he made a lot of mistakes in terms of the this, this formation for me, the tactics for me, and also the substitutions that came on too late. But once the and the game was done and dusted by them, and it and it didn't really affect anything who we brought on at that point. So for me, it's, you know, maybe I'm being too kind because Martins is still my, my my guy and I love Martins, but it's a, it's a D. Maybe I could have given worse, but it's a D. D minus. Yeah, uh, I, I'm a little bit more harsh than you. Yeah. Uh, if I had to give, you know, um, for my man of the match, the player that played the least shit for me today um, would be Socrates. Socrates for me played the least shit of all the other players mm-hmm. there. Um, so I think may, I give it to him because there were a lot of, there were a lot of balls that dangerous things that he stopped. Uh, I think maybe Vachlik also, you know, even though we conceded three goals, you know, the penalty goal, I don't put that on him. Uh, I, the, you know, in the other two goals, well, I mean, the third goal, especially he made the save and his, his defenders didn't support him. So I don't think yeah. I can say any of that. You know what I mean? But I'm go- still going to say Socrates was sure. the least worst of the least worst of all all the players, if that makes sense. Uh, and if I have, and then my coaching grade for Pedro Martins is an F. I give him an F. Mm. Uh, I don't understand why we went with a four three three today. I don't understand why we deviated from what worked. I don't get this was like outthinking himself. Something I've been concerned about since the beginning of the season. Um, I don't get that why we made the change. And then there was no halftime sub. The other subs came too late and it was by the time the game was over. So it's an F for me. He could have made, he made, you know, the subs that he made were the right subs, but they came too late. And that's as good as making no subs at all, in my opinion. So F and, you know, uh, uh, Socrates. So, um, the, uh, um, all I can say going forward is I hope, uh I hope I hope we don't see this type of I hope we don't see this type of performance again. Um and I hope that things improve going forward. I mean, uh pretty much the opinion I'm seeing more ch- stuff from chat coming in about how poor this game was, defense needing an overhaul. Yeah, got well, look, the silver lining about this whole thing, we brought it up earlier, and the silver lining is hey. We have a four-point cushion on Fenerbahce. We see, we take Frankfurt at home, so we have to make that count. But more importantly, guys, this Sunday we have a big derby. We have a first place. You know, we need to cement our lead mm. in first place with this game uh, coming up Sunday. So 
this is what we have to focus on. Yeah, and I, um, I hope the players realise the performance today was not acceptable and that they, rather than shrink and worry about playing just as bad on Sunday, they actually try this Sunday yep. and actually show us what they're capable of. Because this team is frustratingly capable of doing a lot more than and a lot more consistently than what we've been seeing. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode, guys. Thank you, everyone, for listening, especially if you've made it this far. Guys, please don't forget to like and subscribe on all platforms and to YouTube, all the channels, please. It really helps. It's helping us grow. It's helping us reach out to more and more fans. Uh, and then the bigger we get, the the better we can do, the better shows that we can do. Uh, just remember, guys, look, this is brought to you. We're fans. We're fans just like you. So this whole thing, everything we do is by fans for fans. Steven is a fan. I'm a fan. Costa's a fan. Lambro's a fan. All of our bloggers, they're all fans. And we do this because we love this club. And we're trying to reach as many people that love this club just as much as we do. So thank you again, everyone, for listening. And we will see you next time. This is Gate 7 International. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL. Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Trilos, he said. Stomialo katimajiko.